You want to find your tribe of raving fans, and that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and Educator at TacticalProgram.com, Justin Lamb. Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast, and I am so glad that you guys are joining me today. Today on the uh, call, as <laughs> I have Vanessa and Shara from Out of the Ordinary, and I don't know why when I say out, it feels like I'm saying something in an Irish language, but I'm not Irish. For those who don't know, I am Chinese, but welcome to today's <laughs> show, Vanessa and Shara. Uh, hope you guys are doing good. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, amazing. So I'm going to dive right into it because 30 minutes isn't a lot of time. And, uh, you guys seem like you have lots of, of wisdom to share. So first off, I want to talk a little bit about um, you know, what is the journey? Where, where did you guys come from? How did you two find each other? Uh, and, and ultimately, how did you guys uh, start to form out of the ordinary? Well, I found Vanessa when my boyfriend snuck her into a nightclub when she was underage. <laughs> so my boyfriend and Vanessa's brother grew up together, which brought us together. And we had an amazing friendship right from the get-go. And little did we know, 10 years later, we'd be starting a business together. But um, this is Shara. I have a nutrition background. Um, and I was traveling with, I worked for a podcast based out of LA. I still work for them part-time and I was traveling and just always found it difficult to find like a healthy, convenient plant-based meal option that would keep me full throughout my travel. So I kind of started creating my own little plant-based mixture with like superfoods, adaptogens, oats, all the things and started posting it on my social media. And so many people just coming out saying like, wow, a product like this is so needed. I mean, of course we've got some other oatmeal competitions out there but it wasn't up to the high health standard that Vanessa and I simultaneously she was looking for as well so I approached her and we started kind of playing with the idea doing focus groups um, Vanessa had the business background um, and then yeah let Vanessa take her from there yeah, so that was in January of 2020 when she approached with the idea. And um, then, of course, we did some you know, research, some um, focus groups, some questionnaires, and we got a lot of feedback and people really were after a product like this. But then, of course, COVID hit and we had to kind of take a step back, um, which was hard because you know, we really wanted to do this, um, but we had to take a breather, which was great. And then after about a month, we, both of our other jobs, the hours got cut back and we thought it's kind of now or never. And, you know, we continued to do the research and although it is more of a convenient product, um, it was picking up again and the e-commerce, you know, online shopping for food was really exponentially growing. And we thought it actually might be the best time to launch. So we got incorporated in July and um, we launched at a pre-launch in October. And then we actually did our full launch November 21st of 2020. So we're very new, but um, yeah, it's been a journey so far and we're growing lots. So then what did you find was um, you know, a major stumbling point or sort of a big obstacle in your way, you know, having a pandemic that kind of puts a kibosh in terms of you being in front of people, uh, the traditional method, you know, whether that's trying uh, at a grocery store or whatnot, 
um, you know, how does that end up making you pivot your social presence? And, you know, what type of things did you guys do to kind of get in front of people? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with our come with our a product like ours, it really is like love at first bite. Like I think you a lot of our cons- consumers are pleasantly surprised when they try our oatmeal how different it is and how healthy it is. So normally we'd be in in like every grocery store and doing fitness events and doing like wellness events, so doing so many things where people could try it. So it's put a lot of pressure to make our social that much better like how can we stand out with by just looking at something by scrolling through something by having conversations like this versus actually physically being out there so I I really hope that one day we will have the opportunity to go out there but right now we just really focused on building our community for more of a like how can we support you how can we make this a place where you can come from the comfort of your own home um, and know not just about oats that will help make your healthy mornings easier, but like about the amazing supportive community that's out there that can support you in your wellness journey, no matter where you are. Yeah, and I think the strategy, it was, okay, so the go-to-market strategy is either do we focus on brick and mortar and online retailers, right? And then have the kind of supporting of our website and the social aspect and the online ads and whatever. Um, But we kind of quickly realized that's probably not going to be the best strategy for us because, of course, demos is really what the better-for-you product category, but also the premiumly, premiumly priced you know, products, they're just, again, you kind of have to taste them if we're an unknown brand. So for us, it was, let's push be like our direct to consumer e-commerce website. Let's push, like Shara said, the community, our social media, our social ads, and let's build up that way. So then when we do go to stores, which we are now, when people do see in Vancouver, you know, or Burnaby, wherever city they are, and they see out of the ordinary, they're like, oh, I've seen that because I've seen them. My friends have tried it on their social. They've posted about it I've seen them on Facebook ads so it's like we had to pivot very quickly our go-to-market strategy fantastic and when we use the mirror exposure effect which is you know by and large putting yourself in front of people multiple times and multiple platforms and and multiple touch points you know you do get that that uh, trustability when you're into a store and 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 going there but you know, when you're starting off a community, I think a lot of people who are you know new to social media or trying to just build their own following, you know, what are some ways that you guys have managed to curate your own particular brand in terms of assembling a community? How do you foster that? How did you guys, you know, create an environment where people started to be attracted to you rather than feeling the opposite where a lot of products are pushing themselves upon you where you guys are trying to attract a community how did you guys pivot and or position yourself for that I think for for me like as someone who was kind of in the influencer wellness space before I just really thought like what kind of companies do I gravitate towards to what messages do I respond to what emails do I like to get and we basically curated our own content to adhere to those needs because we don't want to be just like a, a company that every newsletter is just announcing a discount. We want to have like some, we have funny gifts in every single email. We have links to really amazing conversations we've had with people in the wellness space that our community will listen to, to gauge, like gauge further information and just, just take in more that can be supportive of their lives. Like I don't want to just be a brand that's like sales, 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 like buy us. It's more like this is a lifestyle out of the ordinary is supporting that I can be busy and still maintain a healthy diet. That's the message that we're trying to get across. And I think a lot of people resonate with that, that they don't have to choose. 
Yeah, yeah, and definitely like, you know, listening to resources, like I listened to a clubhouse talk two days ago and, you know, it was all about like how to position yourself in social media and, you know, all these amazing people in the space. It was, you know, humanizing the brand. It was people are really wanting to see the people behind the brand, the message of the brand, like so much more than again, like Shara said, just like here, here's our oats. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just oatmeal, of course, but like there's people behind it. We're two, you know, women entrepreneurs that launched during COVID. We have a story and every founder has a story and it's just become more apparent through research and data that consumers want to see that. So we've just been kind of, you know, looking into um, resources and seeing what has worked for other companies and then kind of like, you know, um, basically making it our own, I guess. Fantastic. So are you creating the content on your own? Are you outsourcing, you know, where, where you, where do you get help? Cause I mean, I'm in that space and we produce content for people at scale, but as an entrepreneur, I think a lot of people, especially when they're not savvy in that department, um, often run into the brick wall and going, well, how do I start? Where do I start? You know, Canva's the obvious, most, you know, sort of common starting ground now. But before Canva, that didn't even, that wasn't even a thing. Um, but how about for you guys? Are you guys, you know, using third-party services? Are you guys creating it from scratch on your own? Like, where do you draw the inspiration? You know, how often are you guys posting on a day? Uh, well, I think Shara is just very creative. <laughs> so I think that's why we're the perfect partnership because Shara just has that, which, you know, I think you are truly just born with it, um, with that creative side. So I think it probably wouldn't have worked as well without her. Um, but yeah, I can let Shara kind of take it away from that where she draws her inspiration from. And vice versa, like with uh, keeping the books and so much that Vanessa does, like I just fall off my chair trying to think about doing that kind of stuff. So we can go into partnership after. Um, but for inspiration, I think it's just so much trial and error. Like I was doing this on my own, like my personal account for nutrition before. And now I get to translate it into a business, which almost has been like easier in a way because there's not as much pressure to put me in front of the camera now I have like this beautiful oh model that I can use um but we do create 90 percent of our own content we have been very very lucky to have to have um, a really good friend of ours named Sammy who's a photographer and she's been just kind of getting going within um food brands so she's been able to help us out with some photos um there's a lot of beautiful photographers in the wellness space who have just been wanting to like take photos with our oats so they could they they can have the the product product in exchange. So we have done a little bit of outreach, but for the most part, we're all creating it on our own. Fantastic. So, you know, for those people who are listening, it's not that you can't create it. It's about, you know, making that space and kind of understanding and targeting your audience in a way that, you know, is going to resonate. So, I mean, if, you know, you wanted to cut to the chase, that's what they did. I mean, they spent an enormous amount of time understanding who their audience is, uh, and of course, then taking that uh, and then running with the creative uh, side of it uh, and be able to ask uh, people within their industry to help them, you know, create, uh, you know, content. Other people's content is always better than try to toot your own horn. Not everybody's going to have that luxury, but food is one of those great things. So if you're in the food space, like get off your, your high horse and stop talking about yourself and get other people talking about you, right? Mm. Let's go into partnership. So partnership is uh, another interesting topic. I think uh, you guys probably have po covered this in other people's podcasts, but, you know, 
what was your take on on what needed to happen for a partnership to work and you know what challenges did you guys have in terms of being partners i think communication number one like vanessa and i have had amazing communication from the get-go and i think that kind of stems from our partner friendship before um but we're always like learning so much thing, so many things about our business, about ourselves that we're, we're in constant communication about like what we need to improve on in ourselves and like how we can support each other through those growth roles. We also established our role from the very, very beginning. Like Vanessa said, we both have our weaknesses and our strengths and we got that down in writing from the beginning to make sure that we could really, really own our role. And there, of course, there's going to be some crossover within the business that happens, but um, yeah, B, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I think just like what you said, just being very clear in what our roles are and being transparent with each other. And, you know, it's almost like a marriage in a way. It's like you can't be afraid to, you know, tell the other person like, hey, like maybe we can do it this way. But you always like first and foremost, respect and um, like openness, transparency. Like I think any relationship, it, it's like work. Um, but but yeah, like I think exactly what you said, Shara. Mm-hmm. And we're still learning along the way. Like stuff comes up all the time. Like this is we're in it for the long run. So as long as you're you're being open enough to like let things kind of come in and work through them and you're not stubborn, you're not holding things back. Like we, yeah, our partnership has just been one of like the key reasons why this business is going to be as successful as its true potential. Well, it's amazing. I mean, if, and I think part of any communication process, uh, the biggest part is intention, right? You know, if your intention is pure and your intention is is uh, well, um, you know, thought out and and positioned, you know, you're not going to have that blow up, um, you know, or at least as many blow ups uh, as, as, as would happen when people sort of misconstrue or misinterpret the intention behind it, right? So I think as, you know, character, you know, plays into that role. And, you know, it sounds like you guys both had enough time together to see what each other's characters were like in order for you guys to be able to set those intentions aside. So, you know, kudos to you guys for for finding partnership because I know partnerships aren't necessarily easy. I've had my own fair share of good and not so good partnerships. Um, And so, you know, kudos to you guys for making that work. Thank you. Thank you. And so, you know, in, in the health and wellness space, especially in the nutrition uh, segment, you know, plant alternatives have been a really sort of hot topic as of the last two or three years. Um, and I think really it's just on the precipice of actually really taking off. I think right now you're still at a jumping point. I don't think it's massively adopted enough for it to be, um, you know, a real big game changer yet, which is funny because, you know, already by market share, you know, financially, it's doing quite well, but I still think that there's a long way to go. I mean, as um, you know, we take a look at, you know, even in the, the, the meat alternative space, you know, there are competitors really just starting to step onto the market after beyond meat has sort of uh, taken the, the first step. Now in your particular arena of worth oats and, and, um, and granola kind of uh, product, you know, what were some challenges that you guys had in terms of being able to uh, find the right ingredients, the right mix in order for, you know, you to be able to position yourself as a better, healthier, or, you know, superior alternative? 
Yeah, that's been a struggle. Um, and it's very interesting because it's, you will quickly realize that when you try to go everything organic and the top of the top ingredients, it's not just the price, it's the supply chain. And, um, you know, there, we had so many ideas and it was even like adaptogens. And then you have to go through health Canada and it's a whole other ball game. And you have to wait to hear back an email from them can take months. Um, so there's so many, yeah, there is a lot of hurdles, but I think just for us, it was sourcing the best ingredients as possible to stay within the price point that we can offer consumers so that most people can have access to our product. Cause that's what we want to do is we want to you know, provide people a convenient, a healthy, and a tasty oatmeal. And we found that on the market, there just isn't that. You know, it might be tasty and convenient, but it's not healthy. Um, so it's, yeah, it's staying within that price point. And, um, but again, like going back to sourcing ingredients, that has been one of the biggest hurdles is, is finding them. And not only that, but making sure that, you know, there's multiple suppliers that offer them because, you know, one can run out and then it's like your whole supply chain is, is screwed up. Um, yeah. So I would say for that, that's been a, definitely, um, a tough area. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and I mean, you layer the, on top of that, like sort of the, I wouldn't necessarily call it red tape, but per, sort of the propaganda. I mean, you know, buying the the rights to using certain organic labels and, and stuff, that's also um, a factor that people don't necessarily take into account as a consumer, right? And, you know, I'm all about education. And, and prior to this particular podcast, the one that we recorded just uh, previous to this, you know, uh, we're talking about uh, that health space. And, you know, to purchase the rights to use like certified organic is also a cost that, you know, you end up having to to pass on to the consumer, you know, and then of All course right. the limited supply um, that you have. And of course the, the volume game, right. You know, you're, you're playing at economies of scale. And when we're starting off as smaller companies, I think people don't necessarily realize because, you know, everybody's just so in tune with what the final number is, but they're not really taking a look at going, Hey, you know, this is a local, you know, company with, two really hardworking people. The reason why it costs so much isn't because like the there's really just that much quality difference. It's also the economies of scale. You can't compete with a, a company who's pumping out billions of dollars in marketing and you know pushing the suppliers to give them a lower price point because they have the volume. You know, at least yeah. not now, maybe later you can do so. But I yeah. mean, from that standpoint, what do you think needs to happen in the space for you know educating the consumer about what that looks like and why you know a granola that looks the same on the shelf one costs so much more than the other I think to be honest and that is where it comes of showing the founders and the story behind the brand is so important and being transparent because if people, you know, we sell to the US as well and we sell across Canada like we ship I should say um so if you know, people who come to our site and they don't really see the humans behind it on our social media, they might think we're just another bigger brand, not like maybe Bob's Red Mill size, but they think maybe like, oh, that's, you know, a little bit more pricey than say a Nature's Path or a Bob's Red Mill, where it's like, well, they've scaled and also our ingredients are exponentially more premium than theirs um, and more purposeful. Um, but at the same time, I think it's really showing again, the humans behind the brand and that we're a startup and our journey and I think kind of creating that 
personality, you know, where consumers can really connect with and go, oh, like they've just started up. And, you know, we show our milestones on our social media. We post about that. We launched in November and look at where we're at now. And I think, again, creating that story so people know exactly where we're coming from. So when, you know, we've actually are in the process of lowering our price potentially, and it's like now when people you know, see that it's like, you've been on this journey with us from a higher price point, but like, look at how much we've grown and look at what we can offer you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that type of marketing wasn't really in existence, you know, prior to social media. Now we really have that luxury of showing behind the scenes. I mean, I don't think a lot of people would have spent the same amount of time printing out flyers, telling you about the life story uh, as they do now. It's so easy to to yeah. look at, um, you know, with with very little barrier to entry, right? You're not having to spend extra marketing dollars. Um, but you're be able to do those on platforms, um, you know, really early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think COVID has really worked to our benefit in that sense is that I think a lot more people are starting to look into what goes into a local product. Like how can we support these local businesses? Oh, they charge $8.99 for shipping. You know, that's okay because that's coming out of that small business's pocket. And that's like, that's been a huge one for us. We would love nothing more to offer free shipping. Like it was up to us, we could, but like that comes out of our business and shipping in Canada is so expensive. So Amazon Prime really set a wonderful standard for everyone in that sense. Um, but just yeah, COVID people, I think are just like really starting to look into where they're spending their grocery dollars and how it's supporting the people around them and the small businesses, which has been, yeah, we're very, very grateful for the local support that we've received. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like, you know, we were just doing some orders and one was to Saskatchewan and the other was to Florida and they, the Florida was cheaper than Saskatchewan you know it's like it's absolutely insane and people don't realize that I mean we didn't as consumers right and then you're like oh my gosh and in just the last couple of weeks it's gone up again you know with COVID and stuff the freight rates so yeah like Cher said all that stuff it's you know it go, it's it's coming from our pockets but we also want to make it as accessible as possible to people so that's again going back to just being transparent yeah, and I really think that these are the platforms where we get to talk about the the behind the scenes, you know, issues and hurdles that you know, small businesses need to overcome. Because if nobody thinks about asking it, I don't think it's. I think it feels like a, a sob story or a, you know, pity me story if you have to tell them that. But I think for having somebody like me who really is curious and really wants to, you know, educate not only the uh, owners of people who are trying to build their businesses to to factor those things in, but also to hopefully maybe, you know, a, attract or impact a consumer uh, to get them to understand, you know, where their food is really coming from and, you know, what those supply chains must look like. So in terms of, say, you know, the, the ingredients, you know, for uh, Shara, I mean, that's your background in terms of, you know, the, the clinical nutrition, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about where did your degree come from? You know, where did your experience come from and how did it bring you to, um, you know, uh, plant-based alternative snacking? Um, yeah, so I went to be, uh, being plant-based was a two week experiment for me. I read the book, um, skinny bitch, which is hilarious now to think back it, but I, you know, it was the first book that really opened my eyes to looking into what I'm eating, looking into 
the energy that I'm taking in from food. So I was like, okay, I'll try this plant-based thing for two weeks, see how it goes. And now it's been, I think like almost nine years in May. I just loved it so much. So then I really got into nutrition, went to nutrition school. um, And that's kind of how like my plant-based journey started. Um, So that obviously is just going to naturally translate into having a food product that's plant-based. But for the ingredients within this product, we really methodically thought out every single ingredient. Like we put chia and flax in there to get that healthy fat to help people stay satiated for longer same with the reason why we use rolled oats which take a little bit longer to cook than quick oats but again they're going to keep you fuller for much much longer adding the protein in there because plant-based people like we we do get an adequate amount of plant-based or amount of protein sorry if you're eating a balanced diet but it's nice to have that protein in there if you're enjoying before workout or after workout just to help that with the muscles and obviously protein just supports so many functions within the body. Um, and then we rely on superfoods, um, dried berries from freeze dried berries from the Valley here. Like every ingredient we put in is so that your first breakfast, you know, that you've got all the benefits, all the nutrients, everything you need to feel really, really good to set the tone for the rest of the day. Like we didn't want to like the freeze dried berries that we use, it has antioxidants, vitamin C, like there's all these important things within that, that we're like, yeah. So now I don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I need to have my green smoothie and my green juice and my oats. Like I, sometimes I think Vanessa and I both felt there's so much nutrition information out there. Like you don't know where to start. You feel like you can't get enough. So we're like, let's just create a meal where you can eat it being like, yeah, that is everything I need for my first meal. Thank you. Now I can focus on my work. Let's move on. So that's the whole idea behind why each ingredient is in of the ordinary. Cool. And, you know, with that, um, you know, how, how, how shelf stable are some of these ingredients? Cause when we talk about flax and chia, um, you know, the, there is a, depending on how it's packaged and shipped and stored in, in stores temperature wise, you know, uh, going rancid is a really, uh, big threat to your product line. Um, you know, what type of things need to be in place in order for you guys to hedge that bet? Yes. So we're doing shelf life testing right now, but of course we can only do as long as the products have been created. So we're closely monitoring it and we launched, it was six months, but now it's nine months. So we're hoping, you know, just talking to people like experts that it should be around a year potentially over and then potentially with the new co-packer, they can put a, um, like safe for human consumption, kind of a gas in there that basically extends it even longer, like by half. Um, So we're looking definitely at ways, you know, moving forward as we scale with new production. But yeah, right now it's nine months and we don't want to go any further until we get to that place where we can test, you know, more that have been created months ago and we could potentially move it to 12 months. But um, that it was a concern and that is a concern when our product isn't just oats and sugar right? Um, it has real ingredients in it. Um, but yeah, we're really happy that it's nine months now. Oh, and we haven't had any issues of people saying anything has gone bad. I think everyone, once they try our oats, they eat it up pretty quick in that second order, third, fourth order comes in pretty quickly. So we're lucky on that front. Yeah. And we make sure that like our co-packer, everything is safe food for Canadian regulations. Like we have all the, the licenses of permits, everything is to code. It's not being made in our kitchen, you know, so everything is sealed properly in food grade packaging with the aluminum um, lining. So again, it keeps it that much more fresh. So we've really like been diligent to take the steps to, to make sure that everything is in place for a product to be premium and stay premium. 
That's awesome. Perfect. That's uh, that's really good to know. And so for you, Vanessa, in terms of business uh, education and, and prowess, you know, where did you get that? Uh, where did you get that skill set? Yeah. So, well, I guess three different ways. So one, my dad's an entrepreneur. And I think from such a young age, we've had my brother, myself, my dad, we've had conversations almost every night, the importance of education and business and just seeing him run his own business and the flexibility. It's not that you have more time, but you just working for yourself is so much it's very empowering. It's not for everybody, but we, we saw it firsthand, which, which was so amazing. And my dad is so smart. And um, so that was one way. And then after high school, I went straight to university and I got my degree in business. I wish I could say that your degree basically sets you up, but I really don't think it does. <laughs> um, it was great, you know, um, learning a lot of the foundations of business, but from there, like that, that's kind of about it. Then my stepmom and I, we launched our own company in 2013. She was very much creative into designing. So she was designing fashion accessories and I helped out a lot with more of the business side. Again, I was just finishing my BBA. So you know, I was still learning and we did that for several years. You know, we landed some big accounts. We got into Nordstrom's across Canada in the US and, you know, it was amazing of what to do, what not to do. And I think just having that real world experience at such a young age, you know, I was in my early twenties finishing my degree was so invaluable. Um, so I think just all of those three things, um, yeah, I've just been really lucky. Nothing beats uh, the world of hard knocks. Uh, definitely uh, chalks it up uh, better than the guy who's teaching uh, your uh, business education course. You know, I think uh, formal yeah. education in the business world is really set up for more middle management than it is for entrepreneurship. So kudos yeah. to you to have uh, en enough support uh, also in that environment from family because that's also a big struggle. So speaking yeah. of struggles... What is the biggest hurdle that you guys had to overcome as a business owner, um, you know, to date? Uh, and, you know, why was it uh, such a big hurdle? Hmm. I, think, I think a lot of people would say like rejection, you know, but I don't, that's not, I don't think that's, I won't speak for Vanessa either, but for me, that hasn't been it. It's just the rejection's like, okay, what's next? You know, moving on, like, I don't take it too personally. I, I'm, I think that's, yeah, that could be a lot of people's struggles. I think the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, you know, you have such highs, like we have, we have a week of such amazing news and then coming off that high, like it's just so emotionally draining. It's just, it's a lot to take on. And, and like the work that we do that on each other's, like in each other's roles. I mean, sometimes it's hard not to take that personally, um, so I would, I would say for me, like, it's more of like a human growth thing. It's like, uh, just trying to stay positive, keep your eye focused on the end, you know, all the sports references you want to throw in there, but like, it's, uh, yeah, for me, I, I don't know, but if you want to talk about business, I mean, co-packing and on the West coast is freaking very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard, but yeah, just to feed off of Shara's answer, the, the highs are so high and the lows are so low and it's not because it's bad news. It's like Shara said, you're coming off of this high and then you almost feel like you feel everything else so much more. 
And um, that's so hard. And I, I, I can totally see now why like entrepreneurs are so emotional. And I think it's just so important to really focus on that to, you know, and if you have to go to therapy to talk about, if you need somebody outside the business to like, just to talk about things or to have personal days and just really turn off. I think it's so important, but then on the business side, absolutely. The co-packing has been crazy especially because we're single serve we have a multi-serve larger pack now but the single serve the small pouches it has been such a struggle to get somebody to make it again for not some outrageous price that you know then a lot of that goes to the consumer um to do it that is yeah that keeps our cost of goods in a relatively you know way that we can compete within the market Mm-hmm. And also the last thing I just want to add to that is as an entrepreneur having this business, there's always something to do. You know, there's never a moment where you're like, oh, I've completed everything on my list today. You know, so I think just breaking it down and understanding like, okay, if I get these three things done today, then I can like have a break or go for a walk or like um, for both Vanessa and I learning to shut off at eight o'clock at night so we can get like a good sleep so we can get even more done the next day is just such a good lesson because yeah, you could just you could just work forever and then there'd be like no work-life balance and then you experience burnout, which I think we both have at certain points. But another thing is like constantly checking in and be like, okay, tonight, let's take the night off. Let's get a good sleep. Or like Saturday, let's go for a walk, get fresh air. Like we, we are really trying to implement as much of that balance as we can so that we can show up every work day and like, and just really get things done. Amazing. Well, I, I'm, I'm a proponent that, that doesn't believe in the work-life balance. It just believe that you guys will shuttle what is important at whatever particular time, whether that's your health, a personal psychology, your family, your friends, your work, whatever that might be. Everybody only has a hundred. So it just depends on how you decide to distribute the hundred for the day. Um, so, but good for you guys for really acknowledging that early on in your careers um, and trying to prevent that burnout by focusing and giving yourself time to breathe. Um, I've had podcasts where I talked at length about that. Um, and of course I see it all the time with the people that we work with. They're really just not taking the time for themselves. And we really do. We do, if we don't uh, serve ourselves, we can't serve others. Right. And, and that's really a big, big uh, component. And as a partnership, that means even more because, you know, your ability to focus and do your part of the work is really, you know, only 50% of the equation with the two of you put together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, versus if you were in it for yourself, you really only have yourself to kind of look at. Um, But now you have a partner that depends on you at the same token. So good for you guys for taking that time out. Thank you. So one of the questions I have for all of my uh, guests are, what is a book or a resource that has deeply impacted your journey up to date? And I'm going to let you guys pick one each. So I'll maybe start with uh, Vanessa. Vanessa, what book or resource has deeply impacted your career to date? To be honest, I was thinking long and hard about this and Clubhouse, it's a new app. Um, It's not, I guess it's still invite only, I believe, but more and more people are becoming, yeah, are getting on the the platform. And it has honestly just, at first I'm like, "Eh, I don't know about it, but when you get into specific groups that really align with what you're doing in life, like the startup CPG is a community we belong to, but they also have their um, Clubhouse channel or I guess group as well and just listening into the talks and it'll be anywhere from like talking like what does whole foods want to look for how to price properly for this like um 
you know, for distribution, like what are the key points to look for? It's just, it's like listening into conversations with some of the top people in the industry and then potentially having a chance to speak and ask questions as well. So I would say Clubhouse right now for me. Have you managed to go on and speak uh, on the platform? I haven't. <laughs> me neither. I'm so, I'm so intimidated in some days. It's like, oh man, dude, like these, some of these people are like just next level. Um, you know, and, and I think all of us maybe struggle with imposter syndromes in some yes. way, shape or form, but it is funny because, you know, I've, I've been on the platform, you know, fairly, I think I'm fairly early on now. Um, but yeah, in terms of listening, great content in terms of starting a room, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I'll have to raise my hand first and ask a question and then eventually start a room with somebody who maybe has more of a following, but yes, it's, it's on uh, it's a to-do for me and I'll have to like get the, the, um, confidence, I think to go in to ask the question, but it's you hard. And me both. We're probably going to have to explore that one together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Shara, what about you? What is a resource that has deeply impacted your career to date? Um, I'm a big podcast person. I love a good podcast. I'm in my, I love all different types of podcasts, um, like mainly towards self-development and business. Um, but I, I love Jen. I, I'm going to butcher her last name. Sincero. I believe it is. She does like how to be a badass at like making money, all of those ones. I just love the sense of humor. Like I definitely love like a light, funny read that's empowering, but you can also have some giggles along the way. And I find that I find those books just like hilarious, but yeah, you walk away with a lot of food for thought. Yeah. I love podcasting as well. I think it was one of the things I decided to gravitate towards. Um, definitely not as glamorous as YouTube in terms of, uh, you know, uh, attracting an audience and, but I don't feel the pressure of having to reach search engine rankings every single day. I get to talk to people that I like to talk to um, and explore topics that I, uh, I deeply like to explore. And at length, I think that's uh, the better part of it because you know you can't really explore it on YouTube very well. I mean, the algorithm doesn't uh, allow for that suit. Uh, in terms of entertainment and quality, unless you got a really kick-ass show that can run for, mm -hmm. for a good half hour. But I love podcasting because it allows us to really connect on a different level and ask you know questions that don't necessarily get raised in um, in a topic on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And you can do it anywhere while you're, so the best way to kill your commutes, like drive your second traffic or you're driving, or I listen to them. I'm going to, I'm out on a walk. Like, yeah, podcasts are just incredible. Cleaning the house, whatever. Fantastic. Well, thank mm -hmm. you both for so much for joining me today. It was really a great getting to know you guys. Uh, thank you for sharing your journey and, you know, the insights in terms of social media and business. Um, for those people who are listening, I hope you guys found it really valuable. Uh, can you guys share uh, with the audience where they can find you guys, uh, find your product in the store, and, um, you know, any, any last comments about uh, about your, your product and their, or company? Yeah, absolutely. We're out of the ordinary, O-A-T of the ordinary.com, out of the ordinary on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we welcome everyone a 10% off discount code when you go over to our site and place your first order. And if you want to subscribe, you get 15% off um, and that code will be emailed to you. And we, we really love and value our newsletters, but they're not just spam. Like we take time to make them fun and engaging and supportive to your, your health journey and just events that we've got going on, lots of giveaways. Um, yeah. yeah, and you can also find us on several online stores across Canada, like Natura, we're in Legends Hall, um, Vegan Supply, so we're getting, every single day we're getting more and more accounts, so definitely check us out, um, you know, if you can't on our website, then there's other ways that you can buy our product.
Yeah, and if you have a question, feel free to DM us. We respond to every message, every comment. So yeah, reach out. We're here to support. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing uh, your journey with us. Uh, for those people, again, you can look in the description um, uh, for the podcast and we'll put their contact information there. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and you know, get your 10% off and leave them a comment, you know, help them out and uh, tell them what you think about the product and share that with your friends. Because, you know, every everyone that you're you're buying and sharing with people is, uh, is another product. Uh, accolade for them to, to help reach their dreams of uh, getting you guys healthy food while you're on the run. Cause you know, as entrepreneurs, we're not the healthiest bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for joining me today. And we will talk to you another day. Thank, thank you. We want to thank you for listening to the digging deep podcast with 360 media. Your time is valuable and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.